The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to tell you that right out of the box. But on this edition, I have uh, a disciple of Baroness Margaret Thatcher. It's Thatcher Wright. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Strachan. Pleasure to be here. You know, I think we're, we might, there's going to be a difference of opinions here. But if you call me Mr. Strachan, we're going to be absolutely fine. Uh, I'll call you Mr. Wright. I think that's only fair if you yes. call me that. <laughs> So, so we've got you, got you on the show. Um, it's going to come out to general release uh, just of the week of uh, Fear and Loathing, which we'll we'll get onto uh, later on. But so I want to find out a little bit more about Mr. Wright, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see if, if these differences that that we have they could just be thawed out, and we can we we've all got a common bond, which is wrestling at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first question, we'll just get the first one out of the way. How did you get into pro wrestling? What was the moment that got you hooked? So the moment uh, was, I believe it was 2013, a documentary called Insane Fight Club appeared on television. Now, my passion in own life is Baroness Margaret Thatcher. See here, my lovely flag behind me. Trusty boot beside me here as well. Uh, And... The reason this documentary caught my eye and sparked my interest for wrestling was that after the documentary came out, it was everywhere. We've seen the star of the show, Grado, Jack Jester, Mark Dallas, the Riverwood newspapers, uh, online, YouTube, other television shows, uh, of course, and sequel. And I thought that professional wrestling was an ideal venture for myself to promote. Baroness Margaret Thatcher and all her, all her fantasticness, all her wonderful guidance and wisdom that she possesses. Uh, they were selling out the Hydro, the Barrowlands, which free and this year are going to be at, uh, in front of 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 people. I thought, if I can get in front of an audience of that size and promote Baroness Margaret Thatcher, then that'd be ideal. That's my mission, my goal. So that's why I'm involved in professional wrestling. Um, so did did you? I'm assuming you went to private school or something like that. And prior to to seeing this, did, did were you allowed to watch any any professional wrestling, any of the WWE, the American stuff at all, or was it all insane Fight Club? And uh, you, they thought that's that's where your message can be can be spoken. No, that's uh, a very uh, misconception. Of myself. wasn't wasn't a private educated, just a regular person. Uh, the only difference was that around 16 years of age. That's when the Baroness came to my life. See, I'm just a regular person, just regular school, nothing special. And then she came to life and that's when things changed. Suddenly my grades were better, I became head boy in my high school, went on to Edinburgh University to get a study accountancy, top my class there, and then on to one of the other sides of my life into the banking world and achieved many, many greatness uh, there as well. Uh, so all my life, everything good for my life is down to the Baroness. Uh, no, there's no no luck, no family wealth, just hard work and the stature. That's... It's 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 a, it's a good story to to tell that uh, you say from a working background and being able to 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 find something to to um, cause inspiration. And yes. In your case, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's Baroness Thatcher. Um, so just briefly on your wrestling training then. So you, before I've got GPWA is where you started. That's because of course that's part of, that was uh, it's connected with ICW. So it makes sense to go to the source and not so yeah. much the quickest way to, to be able to get your message across, but at least it's, it's the best opportunity to do so. Um, what, did you have any kind of sports background at all that kind of helped you that way? Or again, was it just hard work, grit and determination to, to make it through that? So when I was younger, and in my in university years, I was involved in noble sport of boxing. So the gentleman's sport, uh, being from the, the kind of area from where I grew up in, uh, in Fife, unfortunately, 
the square roughly then it made sense to have some sort of uh martial arts background some sort of uh fighting craft uh shall i say so i've done uh amateur boxing from the age of 11 till 15 and then also from the age of 24 to around 27. Uh, and through that i've i competed all over scotland all over england and ireland and my last ever fight was in the usher hall in Edinburgh, which is quite a large venue around 2,500 people. Uh, so, what does it say? I definitely wasn't the best boxer in the world, but it was to a fairly high standard. Uh, and again, through boxing, I tried to promote Baroness Margaret Thatcher, but there's not the same speaking capabilities, should we say. So, in professional wrestling, you get uh, what they call political promos. You can go out front of the crowd, you can take the microphone, you can speak, kind of what's on your mind, you can tell the crowd. In boxing, there's not that sort of uh, badge. It's mere just get in the ring, uh, have the bout, and then it's in. So that's kind of my, before I came to wrestling, I was involved in boxing, uh, and then that's kind of served well into the professional wrestling. Absolutely, because uh, I mean, if you won't mind me saying that, that uh, because of your beliefs and your your um, projection of, of Margaret Thatcher, uh, a lot of people might want to hit you. So at least you've got the well, the, the, the experience of the boxing world that you know how to take a hit. Uh, you know how to, to parry them away or, or at least uh, absorb them, uh, so to speak. Um, so I've got your debut in 2017. So the, the, the documentary was 2014. So it's a, it's a pretty, not a fast, it's a pretty average uh, progression, but even then it's, it's still... Um, Pretty decent to be able to get onto shows uh, that quickly. Um, what was what was your colleagues' thoughts when you when you presented this? Uh, Margaret well, presented yourself, your Margaret Thatcher uh, aspiration with the book and the the Union Jack gear. Was there any uh, pushback from your trainers or from your your colleagues? Uh, it was mixed mixed reception. Uh, I think in our walks of life. Uh, you're going to meet different people, you're going to meet different types of people, and uh, it was fair to say that some people didn't agree with my beliefs, but that's fine. It's, the world is about opinions, debates, people have different beliefs. Uh, it's my job to be able to debate and convince them to my way of thinking. So yes, people were a bit wary, uh, but no, as you can see, it's, it's kind of solid to me, you know, I've been uh, involved in wrestling for over five years. I'm now on free and loading this coming November on 20th. So, yeah, it's whatever. So not bad. So the, the first moment that people would have seen you uh, for, on, on, a, on a larger scale would have been getting rock-bottomed by uh, the late Lionheart. Uh, so unfortunately, he didn't let you get your message across on that particular night. Uh, but I was having a look through your, your career and, and matches you've had so far, and uh, you, you've really taken... Uh, you, you've kind of... You've done a bit of travelling already, and it, it's to get your message across. So um, what was it like, even though you didn't get message across, what was it like getting in front of an ICW crowd for the first time? And did you feel like you could get your message across to them and you think they were going to be receptive? Or um, what, what was your what was your experience there? Again, my, again, my stand doesn't get nerves often, but that was definitely a nervous experience. Uh, highest level, I competed in French wrestling at the point, so in front of a packed crowd at the, the garage and although it did not finish how I wanted it was a good start a good kind of can't go straight to the top in any profession in politics wrestling boxing banking you can't go straight to the top so it was a good introduction uh, unfortunately it didn't end very well with Mr Lionheart uh, Rob Hotman but it's a good start uh, this kind of led to the future certainly Caused a lot, of, caused a bit of a stir because nobody has presented a character like yourself, especially in Scotland. Uh, I don't know if there's, there's maybe others that have that have uh, been able to project their views like you have elsewhere, uh, but certainly in Scotland, this is a, a first. It's a it's a unique um, thing to to have. Uh, so you, you end up doing things in reckless intent. But the next big thing outside of, of appearances for GPWA was the Drew Galloway Invitational. I've got here. So you made it to the quarterfinal. So it was a not a bad showing in, in the, the whole grand scheme of things. Um, what was it like getting selected for that tournament? And how did you feel uh, you performed, even though you didn't win, but how did you feel you performed during that tournament? 
it was a very prestigious tournament and hopefully once the pandemic is fully set down maybe next year we can bring it back and some other kind of young hopefuls can have the chance to compete for that again so it was very prestigious it was fantastically selected and although I didn't win it's not all about winning uh, I got to wrestle both nights I uh, got to present my views to two different sets of fans it's always good uh, and at the end of the day my career has went on pretty well, so it was a good liner experience. Uh, unfortunately, as often happens, I was cheated out of victory, but we move on. We can't win them all, uh, we'll see. Absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of go through the, your 2018, 2019, and then we'll, we'll go into the questions because we've got loads. A lot of people are very interested to find out a bit more about Mr. Wright uh, himself. So uh, the next match that, that really caught my eye was 2018. Um, I'm hoping it's just not a, a typo in cage match, but uh, you got to face Mark Andrews and TNT, which for someone that, that would have made a debut the year prior, and Mark Andrews, of course, is, is is former NXT UK Tag Team Champion now, so he's went on to do big things. Um, when it came to facing Mark Andrews, what was that like as a? I mean, what was that like as a learning experience, and how did you feel that went? Well, it didn't go well as you can see. I got defeated. But again, it's, I'm going to repeat myself often, but I was put in an unfortunate position where I wasn't made aware of the match against Mr. Andrews until he showed up. Uh, I was, wasn't ready. I was there to merely present a speech to tell the people of Liverpool some more about Mrs. Thatcher, uh, some more views, and Mark Andrews came out and wasn't invited. Didn't invite him out. He came out and invited me to have an impromptu match. So again, it was off guard, caught me off guard, and he picked up the victory. But being in the ring with someone like him, again, it's a good experience because I learned a good deal, great deal. I learned to always be ready. It's one of the key things in wrestling. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, in my previous life as a boxer, you always knew you are fighting the night. You always knew your opponent usually uh, there wasn't any surprises, but in professional wrestling, there is often surprises. You never know what's going to happen. You turn up to face one person, someone else turns up. You turn up to not wrestle at all, and then the UK superstar comes out and defeats uh, you in a quick manner. But uh, again, a lot of experience, and it was good because the people of Liverpool, they got to hear some of Mrs Thatcher's wise words. So it's a treat for them and for myself. And then we'll, we'll kind of stop the, the timeline bit portion 2019. So you, you made debut in Ireland and I got to see you wrestle for the first time in 2019 uh, when you came up to Aberdeen for the Regal Rumble, which uh, you definitely got one of the louder reactions of the night. I, we can debate whether it was good or bad, but it was definitely a reaction, which is which is at least people know that you're there and uh, know who, that, who Thatcher Wright is, Mr. Wright is. Uh, but what was it like uh, going outside of, of like the central belt, like say, did, did Liverpool, TNT, but what was it like getting out of of, of Scotland or, or at least moving with different crowds? Did you find that uh, there's, there's been any particular crowd that has particularly been receptive to your words or have, have they all been um, in denial or struggling to accept your your uh, wise words? Yes, I think, I think you say uh, people struggle, struggle to understand the complexities of the Iron Lady. She was a thousand win, and sometimes people are not very receptive. They may make loud noises uh, when I'm trying to speak. But often I know that my, my message has been heard. I make an impression, you say. This business, professional wrestling, is all about reactions. No reaction is a bad thing. I've come to learn that. Uh, people remember you. They might not like you, but they'll remember you. And that's one of the most important things. So they'll keep you in their, your mind. And once you're in their mind, consciously, uh, then you'll stay there. And I think the Aberdeen crowd was a fabulous crowd. Uh, the venue as well was a uh, fabulous venue. I enjoyed performing there. Uh, my good friend Jason Reed was also not show on the Eagle Rumble. Uh, there was other gentlemen there that I maybe did not have too good of interaction with. Uh, Kate Valhalla was one of them. Uh, so now that he's down there as well, he's maybe got someone coming to him, uh, watch his back. And I would love to go back to Aberdeen again for the wrestling zone and 
maybe maybe Pinky Villa have back for eliminated from the rumble. That's that's sort. Of, I, I would love to see it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I would. I would definitely love to see it. I'm sure the crowd will as well. Um. So we'll just we'll dive into the questions before we return back to your time in ICW since then, um, because there's an awful lot, and I'm sure we can get uh, a lot of of uh, answers out of there. So we'll start with we'll go with uh, Bronze Cello. He's he's got quite a few. Uh, and first and foremost, he's put he's a big fan of the cabinet that you've you've created, and he's put. Margaret aside, who were some of your heroes growing up, and who was your favourite wrestler? As far as favourite wrestlers, the I only really started watching wrestling when I was competing when I was learning training so around twenty fourteen. But I've, of course, went back and studied some of the greats in history. One of them that stands out is William Regal. Again, some people compare him to me with British connection and some of his. Uh, kind of colours and things like that, but he was a real a real man's man, as some people might say. His wrestling style, his method of getting his point across was very was very good. I enjoyed watching him. So he's definitely up there. Uh, as far as heroes, I think everyone in Britain, Vincent Churchill, uh, he's a big hero for everyone. Uh, what he done very a very good Prime Minister, I guess ever Prime Minister, of course. Uh, Ian. He's one of my heroes. And then uh, Dennis Thatcher, uh, Margaret's husband. He, again, might not get credit, but he was the fireside through thick and thin. And he was a rock and reading some of our literature. You see how much he meant to her. Uh, so then there's, there's some of my heroes there. Have you, just out of curiosity, have you watched things like uh, the recent series of The Crown? That, that had Gillian uh, Anderson uh, play Margaret Thatcher. Are you more interested in uh, Thatcher's uh, re- writings and uh, lessons as opposed to how she's perceived in, in, in popular culture? Yeah, so I find often popular culture, they, they misunderstand her or they misrepresent her. So hearing things from her and her words, uh, from horse's mouth, some may say, that's more of my interest. I have caught some clips of these television shows and films, etc. But sometimes they miss portray her and uh, it's less important. So, uh, it's often painted as, as the villain, which uh, yeah. of course would be would be against how how you see her and how you perceive her. Um, so, is it again? This is kind of off the back of the favorite wrestler, but you said you went back to watch some of the things. But Bronze Chell was also asked uh, what your favorite. Uh, go-to wrestling match to watch is and the favourite match you've been in. Um, so like I say, you, you went back to watch some William Regal, but is there any particular match that you like to go back and, and study and see further? And then, of course, what favourite match you've been in yourself? Yeah, so my favourite match that I've watched, I've, again, I've watched wrestling now from all, all decades, all years. Uh, I think maybe will one of those matches, very popular match it's from WrestleMania 18. And some will say it's the one of the greatest matches of all time. It was the, the main event of that show, Triple H against Chris Jericho. And it was a fabulous match between those two uh, great wrestlers, both still around today. And Chris Jericho is still uh, in AW, and Triple H is now kind of running a lot of things in WWE. So that match there were just two wrestlers at the top of their game. At the end of the people called the Attitude, Attitude Era, kind of the end of that era of wrestling, and I just thought I'd pick my wrestling kind of two top class athletes, uh, the top two prizes in all of wrestling. Just going at it. Uh, how, how do you feel about the, the match beforehand then? The, the, because that's often hailed as, as uh, I mean, the, Triple H and Chris Jericho, it's your opinion. You, if you think it's the greatest match of all time, that is your opinion. Uh, but often people cite the Rock Hogan one. Did you find it was a bit too showboaty? Um, what, 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 did, did you enjoy that match at all? Or, or was that just, you just preferred to watch uh, Jericho Triple H? Yeah, see, that was, that was a bit disrespectful to what was going after that match. I felt the, I think, with the individuals, with Hogan, um, with The Rock, they both have a high opinion on self, which sometimes you want to say is fair, but they weren't the start of that show. They didn't wrestle for all of that match. A lot of posing, a lot of gesturing, 
Uh, and a lot of the time, I didn't feel they were trying to win. In the, the main event, you could tell that they were trying to win. This match, they were, I don't know, a bit too much uh, glad bragging, too much peacocking is a phrase, I think, uh, people could say. Uh, whereas Triple H and Chris Jericho, you knew the, those two were going for the prize. They were competing, uh, whereas the other two just seemed a bit too pedestrian, should we say. And uh, the the match that you've had then, what's been your, your favourite match to, to be in? A recent match I had with BT Gun, you see, is definitely one of my favourite, if not my favourite. Uh, it was in there with uh, an ICW legend, one of the greatest Scottish wrestlers ever. And I often won, of course, but just being in the ring with someone like him and being with Hang with them toe to toe was a privilege myself and uh, getting the victory. Was there the cherry on the top of that cake there? See, he probably had a, a good hand in in like getting you to a position where where you could uh, hang with him, uh, being part of GPWA, of course. Um, what was it like? Like just. So you, so you said you had a boxing background. Um, what was it like taking two wrestling? So, you, of course, GPWA, you would have had uh, Rudo Lightning. You would have had uh, BT Gun, Lionheart, Wolfgang, Jack Jester. So a, a good, probably the best of Scottish wrestling at your disposal to, to get you to a position to, to get your message out there to a crowd. Um, but how did you find the training itself? Well, that was one of the, the best things. I'm saying there that there was five trainers initially, uh, more added later on. But in those kind of founding years, first couple of years from the training before I was competing, it was it was great because you had one of the best uh, speakers in wrestling and red lightning. You had some of the best in ring and uh, BT Gun, Wolfgang. Some of the best psychology with Jack Jester and uh, Lionheart, who Lionheart at all. Uh, and again, all five of them could do pretty much anything. So it's good to learn. From them, they had different styles and the different looks, and the that kind of nature where if you had a problem or you're struggling with something, you had kind of five kind of coaches to go to tell you with it. So if one maybe can help you, another one could. Uh, I'm really good. So I think that we see that from the asylum that there's so many different styles and strengths of the rest that's coming out there because. People will take different things from different wrestlers. Uh, so you've got kind of luchadors through. So that all, you've got more kind of British uh, fighting kind of style for myself. You've got Ruby Davy, whatever his style is, I'm not really sure. Uh, but there's a lot of different styles coming out there. So you think that's kind of the training from the asylum helps reduce that because so many kind of inputs went into that. Absolutely, yeah. Being able to, to like you say, have have so many um, varied uh, styles in that pot, and then they can they can really culture something, uh, whatever whatever you've got. Like a uh, yeah, they're able to cult culture whatever style that you're comfortable with and able to perform with. Um, we do have a, a question from ICW fan, ICW wrestling fan uh, on Twitter. You've kind of sort of answered it when you said that you were you were nervous when you went out to the ICW crowd for the first time. But he's he's just asked who has made Thatcher who's made Mister Wright the most nervous in the ring during a match. So outside of the the promo side of it, is there any match that you've you've had that's made you just a little bit more nervous than than you like to admit? Yeah, I'm all, I'm confident going in every match. Uh, I'm a fabulous competitor, so I'm confident of beating anyone. But I'd say the match I had that was the main event of the third anniversary of GPWA was against Jack Jester. And he's a man who is very unconventional, shall I say. You never really know what's going to happen. So being in with him anytime is not scary, not scared, but it's unnerving sometimes. Uh, just being nervous that. My cabinet, uh, Mr. Skinner and Charles, they were against them, feeling holding. And they'll have my guidance, so they'll be fine and I'm sure they can handle them. But he is a man who you never know what's going to happen. He could suddenly pull a giant screw, which uh, in most places isn't illegal, isn't legal, but in I of you, that's perfectly legal. So that's something that works. Uh, but I've got a, a dossier prepared for them uh, on my experiences. 
of being linked with him and from what I've observed. So I'm sure they'll be fine. Absolutely. Considering that he's a guy that, that's uh, quite happily, well, maybe not happily, but he's quite willing to tear his body apart just for yeah. the sake of a, of, of a win. It can be a little bit of a uh, a scary thought. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't wrestled him because I'm, I'm not a wrestler, but I have met him. And there is that, yeah, that unpredictable year a little bit. Uh, but, but yeah, that's a, definitely a, uh, one I would certainly um, uh, agree with, or at least sympathise with. That's, that's a better word. Yeah. Um, so you're you're very straight faced when when you're in the ring. You're you're just you're there to get your message across and do your promos or, or wrestle, and you're always quite serious or or, or what have you. Uh, Westy's asked, how do you keep a straight face in the ring in terms of crowd reactions? Because of course, ICW crowd are unforgiving, and I'm fairly certain you've been called many things that uh, our our listeners may not be able to to take because this is supposed to be a PG rated show. Uh, but, but how 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 do you keep yourself so calm or stoic in these situations? I think my pre-match ritual is what gets me through uh, situations like that. Whenever I sit down, uh, have a cup of tea, I'll read some words from my dear Margaret and just get in a zone where not much from the outside you can get in. So once I walk through the entranceway of the curtain, I not only hear noise or see fans, it's all kind of blur. It's all a single focus. Uh, I'm getting my message across and defeating my opponent, uh, what I'm there for. It's just a single straightforward focus and not kind of letting any of the no- any noise into my mind. I guess it's kind of the old topic, you know, trans state. That's uh, kind of who I am. So, did you find when the when, when the pandemic hit, so you, you just made your, your proper in-ring debut, I would say, uh, would be just uh, the square goal uh, for ICW anyway. And then, of course, everything shut down because uh, of pandemic. And then you were you were chosen as a select few that were part of these non-crowd uh, tapings. Um, they end up being on the WWE Network. So was was that, did you feel that was, that was the, the best thing that could have happened? A case of you didn't have these these people shouting dogs abuse at you, but you've now got a, a platform that has potentially 44 million people uh, able to hear the good word of Margaret Thatcher. What was your thoughts when you found out that, that you were able to, you will be on WWE Network and be able to put your message across there? Yeah, it was fantastic because not only would I be speaking to the people of Scotland, but I'd be speaking to people worldwide. And I've had many people contact me from uh, from Japan, from America, and I've seen myself on the WWE Network. And come out of work, uh, some of the wisdom I'm getting across on these shows is uh, an ideal world. And that's why I got into professional wrestling was to get this message out. And through ICW, uh, initially I thought it was just kind of Scotland wide, Britain wide. But now because of the WDM, it's going worldwide, which is fantastic. I've, so have you had many, like say, you've had some, some, some contact and messages from, from elsewhere. Um, how, how have you found keeping on top of, of all this, either support or, unfortunately, not support uh, on, on online, on Twitter and, and Facebook or what have you? Have you found that it's been a bit more positive than negative? How, how have you been coping with the, with the influx of messages you've been receiving? It's mainly positive. Uh, I think the people of Scotland, people of Britain, they often have this kind of simplistic view that Mr. Um, Thatcher was a villain, but I think worldwide, uh, definitely the person I spoke to in America just last week, and um, I've got a big fan in Japan who often contacts me. They're very much appreciative of myself, my wrestling style, my uh, wisdom that I portray on them. So, yeah, it's been a lot of positive messages, which is uh, nice to see from these fans. Uh, speaking of wisdom, then we've got. Uh... Uh, Suzanne Rust asked us to ask you, uh, what's your favourite quote from your dear Margaret? So my favourite quote, the one I often say uh, online in person, is you've got to fight a battle more than once to win it. And I think for professional wrestling that's especially key because you're not going to win every match. In professional wrestling, often winning and losing a match isn't under your control. Uh, you've got to rely on the referee being fair, rely on no one 
getting involved, you've got to rely on a number of factors that you can control. So sometimes you might not win a match, but eventually if you keep keep trying, keep fighting hard, you'll win the battle. Uh, so that's, I think that's a very positive one. And I think applies to life as well. Not everyone's life's going to be perfect. You're never going to succeed in everything you do. But if you keep fighting that battle and keep fighting, eventually you will get win. Um, so for those unaware who haven't seen you wrestle, which uh, it's probably difficult now, it's on the WWE Network, you pro they probably have seen you at least somewhere form. You come to the ring with, with uh, Margaret Thatcher's book, yes. um, which from what I've seen has, has taken a fair battering, um, maybe off wrestlers' heads and maybe just in general. Uh, do you have a library of her literature to hand? So if for whatever reason someone like a, a Ravy Davy decides to damage your book, you're able to have a replacement there and then. Um, what, what's, what's the situation with Margaret Thatcher's book you got there? Yes, I've got an extensive library. Uh, the book that I bring with the ring is the same book uh, that I always bring. Uh, but for, for backups, I do have uh, many copies of her many books. Uh, just so if I want to, if I'm going on holiday, for example, I take a spare with me, so I take my, my kind of match book with me, or if I'm going on a business trip, I'll have a spare with my own bag. So, yes, I'm, I'm well prepared for all situations. Um, do, you, do you make notes to, to live by, highlight uh, thing, or do you just keep keep literature as it is, as it's supposed to be? And, yeah, uh, it's, all, it's all in my mind. So uh, I know I've read this book back to front, so I know uh, all in the book is all kind of the key parts of there. Uh, Perfect. Well, that, that brings us to a great question from, from one of your cabinet. We'll, we'll, we'll speak a bit more about the cabinet shortly. Uh, from Mr. Ian Skinner. He asked, just what's your favourite passage from the book? So, I wouldn't say a favourite passage, a favourite page. So my favourite page is page one, because I know I'm going on a journey. I'm getting to treat myself to read this whole book again. So every time I get to read page one, it just brings back some lovely memories and of reading this book, I know it's going to be a fantastic part of my life uh, for the next days, weeks, months, reading uh, through the whole book again. Wonderful, wonderful answer. So, um, like I said, the, the, the tapings, no crowd, you're able to put your message across to millions of people potentially, and then you formed your cabinet. Uh, so we've got Mr. Ian Skinner, who we've just mentioned, who asked that wonderful question, and we've also got Charles Vice as well. Yes. Was was there any reason why you plucked these two into your cabinet? Was how, how did this come about? Definitely. So I think it all started uh, from my very first appearance on ICW, the aforementioned appearance the garage when Leonard was in front of me. From that moment, I, don't, I didn't have the cabinet in mind then, but I think it's kind of seed planted where I need people that are going to have my back no matter what situation. And ICW, there's often gang warfare, kind of such where one, two, three people may attack you from behind. So I needed a team that was capable of defending myself, having my back when they'd be uh, someone to come, come and interrupt my match and stop them from interrupting. And again, it just spread, spread the network wider of getting the measure across of Baron's Magnet Thatcher. So now there's three of us that can speak to crowds, speak online about our wonderful wisdom. And as you can see from when we started to where we are now, it's kind of grown and these two individuals have went, kind of, have raised their game. They probably won't mind me saying that, saying this, but when, before the cabinet, they were kind of up and down. So they went win a match, they went lose a match. Uh, Charles Weiss was on a bit of a, a bad losing streak before he came in the cabinet and since then he's now went on and won seven matches in a row he's beat former ICW Tag Team Champions so it's about elevating myself but elevating them as well I wrestled both of them in the early part of the tapings early 2020 and from wrestling them uh, I've seen what potential they had uh, and I knew that Baron's Margaret Thatcher could mock that potential 
So did you find that, that because of course Charlie, uh, Charles Vice, sorry, uh, was was known as the party animal, and Ian Skinner, uh, Mr. Ian Skinner, was was uh, a bit of a loose cannon when it came it came to being in the ring, which may have contributed to maybe being overzealous in the ring that could cause losses. Uh, how did you how were you able to kind of get them in on the straight and narrow did you just sit them down and and read passages did you um give them a copy of one of your many books away to to study uh, how how did you get them to kind of settle and calm down and and be uh, members just being good members of your cabinet so from from a match against them uh both both victories they they could see how what Margaret Thatcher had done for me. Uh, she'd taken me from, from nothing to now this ICW wrestler uh, who's wrestling in front of millions and millions and winning matches. And I think they were looking for that extra edge, some some way to start my matches. So I kind of seen that with my coach, Mr Skinner, first uh, after a match. And I just said, I can help you get opportunities. I can help you get wins. I can help you get in front of Mark Dallas and he decided to take me up on the offer. So he joined me. He started getting some wins. He started getting more shows. Uh, and then Charles, he spotted us as well. So I spoke to him and kind of just let him know there's space here for the cabinet if you want. You can uh, tag team with Mr Skinner and under my guidance and under ultimately the guidance of the Iron Lady. They have just flourished and kind of reached the top. Nice to you. Um, certainly, especially in the early days of the of the tapings, no crowd tapings, it, it did like you were saying, but a bit of gang warfare and uh, having people on your back. So you had things like uh, you had the lads, you had uh, whatever that thing with with likes of Dean Ford uh, was was happening. There was a lot of a lot of stuff going about. Uh, Look at the Patsy had a crew at some point. Uh, it was it was very confusing and very very hard to keep up at times. Uh, but was there any particular? You say you match with BT Gun, but was there any particular group that you came into contact with that uh, were a bit harder to to break down, or or that, or even that you enjoyed taking on more in a sporting, a gentleman sporting way? Well, I think from my kind with the lads, basically call himself. Uh, that was kind of when I realised that I needed someone to watch my back. So uh, KB had John Tretton, they had uh, Chris Toll at ringside. So often it would be two on one, three on one in their favour. So kind of working with them made me realise that I need to kind of get someone on my side uh, to have a count with them. Uh, especially Chris Toll. He's, he's a very loud individual. Uh, for the most and uh, his kind of management style can often be distracting. Not distracting me much, but uh, Mr. Toll, he's he's very good at distracting. So uh, you definitely need something to counteract that if you're going to face uh, one of the people he manages. So that was uh, kind of one of the main reasons. And uh, so before we, we like I said, we'll get your final words on on your match at Fear and Loathing, but we'll we'll talk about the the match with Jack Jester at uh, your cabinet. So a clip just went out literally minutes before we, we started recording and started chatting um, that confirmed that, that Jester is looking to take on the cabinet, whether it's a handicap match, whether he finds a partner in the coming weeks as of recording, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, as we go along. Um, but yeah, what, what, what is your, what's your initial thoughts on the match in general? You said you've got a dossier ready for for Skinner and, and Vice to, to go over, but uh, as far as a match at the Barlands, what's going to be like leading your team out on night two of Fear and Loathing? Yeah, so it was unexpected, shall I say. Uh, I've been demanding a match for the cabinet for weeks and weeks, but still no answer from ICB management, and I felt they deserved it. They were number contenders, they were screwed up with the, the tag team titles by DCT, they came and attacked me for no reason. Uh, so I felt, if not a tag team title match, they deserve a marquee tag team match to show off their skills in front of such a large audience of balance. So Mr Scott Reed, he came out and he disrespected me, to be quite honest. Uh, so I didn't enjoy that. Uh, and then even worse, 
he invited Jack Jeston out to. I don't, don't really want to speak about what what he said uh, about myself or uh, dear Margaret, but I just say I paid for those words. Uh, and now I've had a few days to mull over. I'm now quietly excited for prospect. He is, uh, after all, an SW legend, former SW world champion, former SW world tag team champion. So whether it is by himself, bring the tag team, whatever he brings, we've been ready, we are confident for today. And we have a statement, we've taken out this SW legend uh, and the captain now to have taken seriously, uh, which is going to happen. And so yeah, we'll, we'll get on to your, your match with, with DCT uh, in, a, in a little bit. So outside of, of that in general, for your for your own goals and aspirations, um, do you have do you have like a, a five year plan? Do you have a manifesto that you? Oh, sorry, not the manifesto. That's a totally different thing. But do you have a a, a set goal, mind a, a bucket list, so to speak, of things that you're looking to get done in pro wrestling? Uh, other yes. than getting your message across. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not such a five-year plan, but there's definitely a plan there. The ultimate goal, of course, is to spread the the words of Baroness Margaret Thatcher far and wide. Uh, and doing that through wrestling on motions all over this country, other countries. That's the plan. So I've previously wrestled in Liverpool, I've wrestled in Ireland, so I've been in short Wales uh, for ICW, but of course I can wrestle, so I'd like to wrestle in Wales. Uh, like wrestling the North Part of Ireland, uh, America is a big goal. It's such a big country. There's so many people there that would benefit from hearing the words of the Amity. So wrestling in America is a big goal, whether it's for one of the major companies or for a smaller company. Uh, and then mainland Europe as well is a big goal. I like to wrestle in Germany and Holland, Spain, France, uh, all these countries would be fantastic to spread. My dear Marcus message. Have you found any in, in the world of wrestling? Has there been any other wrestlers that have been able to um, that have that have shared your views? Of course, you, you mentioned um, Jason Reed. Of course, when he was up in Aberdeen, he was uh, very much all about uh, making wrestling great again, and he had uh, uh, a Trumpian attitude up here. Uh, but was was there any any been wrestlers that you've been like that you know that you would be able to? Maybe even join as part of a, a coalition um, at all that you that you've you've kept eye on. No one as such. There's many wrestlers I like to work with and kind of, uh, team up with. I think one of the best wrestlers around right now is MGF. Uh, he's very impressive, and although he may not share my exact views, I think we have many things in common. So MGF, I very like much like to work with him. Uh, we're not part of the cabinet, but he's got his own group over in AEW. But what with him uh, side by side, be great. Uh, I think down in England, there's many people again that share a lot of my values. Uh, Spectre Bay, he's a very impressive wrestler, and uh, progress wrestling. So, again, the, the whole goal of mine is not to force my views on anyone, but force views, free will. Uh, everyone entitled to, of course. But yeah, there's let's start two uh, stops. Um, so we'll just get into it then. Your match with uh, DCT, uh, which I've somehow written down as DCW, which I apologise to to DCT for that. Um, you you got match set November twentieth, night one of Fear and Loathing. So Fear and Loathing for anyone that's listened to this somehow is unaware. Uh, Fear and Loathing is ICW's WrestleMania. It's their biggest show of the year. Uh, they've held it at the Hydro. They've held it at the Barrowlands. They've held it at the O2. They've just, they've pretty much, if, if there's a venue in Glasgow big enough to hold it, they've had it there. And you're going in the ring with, with a former ICW World Heavyweight Champion uh, in DCT. Before we get your, we'll get your final words on the matter when we wrap up. But um, you said you, you're not sure why he's come to attack you. Do you. Is there any? Do you know what the backstory is? Why DCT suddenly decided that? Uh, he's, he's coming for the cabinet. No, I'm not sure. So we had a match earlier this year. He had an open challenge. I defeated him an open challenge to become the Chancellor of the Open Challenge. And I'm very successful, never losing any challenge. Uh, I defeated him fair and square. And suddenly 
when he came back to wrestling, he had a against me. He spoke on Luke Cairo's chat show uh, that he has on ICW Fight Club. Uh, I expressed just my views. I think he had a problem with my views. I said that I should be in the main event. I should have had a right to challenge for the ICW World Chip title. He was in the number of dinner match before we. Uh, he didn't agree with that. Uh, that's fine. Difference of opinion. Everyone's welcome to their own opinion. Uh, but yeah, so but he keeps me involved in my matches, the captain's matches. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he cost the cabinet the tag team titles uh, when he got involved in that match. So it's now just, and it's now time to finally settle this once for all. Uh, and when I defeat him at Barrowlands, then hopefully he'll get a message and he'll leave the camera alone. That's my hope really. So it just it just sounds for from from what you're telling me and from what I'm getting from it is it just sounds like he he's somehow bitter that uh, he lost to you and, and it's not not accepted. Yeah, accepted I, I think many people like that. Yeah, not, not um. So so yeah. So. The, I, I apologize for doing this, but I'm gonna. We ask two questions to everyone uh, on on this podcast, and uh, and I'm very aware when I ask them that they're very much beneath you. But uh, I think if if I don't ask them, then I'll I'll have more heat on my on my back than than anything else. Um, so indulge me, Mister Mister Wright. Uh, what is your favorite dinosaur? That is a tough one. Uh, I think I'll go with a T-Rex. Uh, Sans Rex was the king of the dinosaur kingdom. Maybe you'll uh, see that. He was ferocious, fearsome, and like a nod across the T Rex, so it'd be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And, and you, see, you see a lot of yourself in there. The, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, another question we ask everyone, um, which I'm very interested to see what your answer is actually. Uh, what would win a fight? So it's two sheep versus one cow. Uh, sheep, two sheep, of course. Now, cows are a very stupid animal. Uh, if they my language there, they they're weighed down by uh, the udders, which fill milk, which uh, is a fabulous substance. Uh, it's great for calcium, and everyone should drink milk. They should, of course, pay for that milk because things in life aren't free. Keeping cattle is not free, so everyone should pay for milk. Uh, but two sheep would definitely uh, defeat a cow. Uh, sheep are very tenacious animals. They can live, survive anywhere, like surviving hills. Uh, cows, they're very slow, very meandering, uh, and again, they're weighed down by all that milk, unfortunately. That's a very well-thought-out answer, uh, Mr. Wright. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that... that uh, like I say, it's, it's a silly question to ask, but I love the thought process of, of people's answers. Uh, sometimes it can have no, no thought, or like like you've put, you, you've uh, logically uh, taken taken the question and and uh, given me a, a logical answer. So that's wonderful, wonderful to to hear. Um, so I'm just I'm just I'm just shocked at how how good that answer was for a moment. Um, right. Okay. So what I'll do is we'll, we'll get your social medias, and then we're going to get your final thoughts on on the match with DCT. So um, because we've we've done really well in, in getting all getting a little bit of, of yourself across uh, to to our audience. And I think that when people come out of this this interview, they've learned a thing or two um, and they're able to go back and, and see more of your work. So where can people find yourself on social media than they can find your your work itself? It's fairly simple. It's all Thatcher Wright. So no, no kind of variances on Thatcher Wright on Facebook, Thatcher Wright on Twitter, and Thatcher Wright on Instagram. And well, I'm not currently on TikTok, but who knows when future that you maybe on TikTok. Yeah. Never know. Um, so before I get your final thoughts then and on your match that's coming up, uh, like as of recording, it'll be it'll be at this weekend. Um, what are your thoughts when you go back and listen to your matches, watch your matches, and you hear uh, the likes of Billy Kirkwood um, almost disparaging your 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 Baroness? Uh, have you had discussions with him at all? Regarding it, is he just does he just ignore you? Uh, what's what's your, your kind of thoughts on that, or do you not find it a problem because it's you're just given your um, 
your wisdom to everyone and it's their their decision how to how to take it yeah so i've had many discussions with william he sometimes comments are very helpful and uh, very untrue so i've had a uh, conversation from the service comments but thankfully now uh, mr james r kennedy is also on the announce team and i find him to be very fair and a very excellent commentator so nowadays i just kind of I don't listen to Mr. Kirkwood, uh, James R. Kennedy, he is the premier commentator. Yeah, Wonderful. Okay, so, yeah, that, so we've, we've, we've learned everything, we've learned a lot about you. Um, so for anyone who hasn't got a ticket for whatever reason, if they still have some available, uh, in, what, what's, your, what's your final words to DCT, uh, David Campbell-Thompson, when it comes to your match at Fear and Loathing? Stay so better ready. Because I'm ready. I'm pulling out all the stops for this match. I am working out of the gym, uh, working out of my mind, working out of my strategy. And there's no, going to be no stone left in terms uh, in my preparation for this match. Uh, because I know that Mr. DCT is a very, he's a great competitor. He's a former ICW World Champion. He wrestled over in Australia very successfully. We've got some massive names over there. And there's a lot of similarities between us uh, that people might not realise. He, like myself, he started off kind of, as you would say, on the lower cards in SW uh, and worked himself up to the, the heavyweight championship. And ultimately, that's what I'm going to do as well. My first appearance was a short appearance where I was under by Lionheart. Gradually, sports got bigger and bigger. Uh, and now, a key part of the ICW Fight Club brand and I'm now on Fear Loading, the singles match against DCT. So he really all thought to be once before this match on this stage is kind of my breakout. Once I defeat him it's now on to championships, titles main events. That's what's in my future. Well wonderful. Thank you very much for joining me today and uh, I look forward to, to seeing how your match goes on Saturday. Thank you Mr. Jackman. It's been a pleasure.